Welcome back to the Major Journey Podcast. Today's guest is back for a second episode, and I'm thrilled to have her back. She's been advocating for the medical powers of the cannabis plant, sharing her own story as a patient, and helping to bring education and awareness to the mainstream. Nikki Lawley, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Mike. I love your show. It always has the best of the best. I appreciate that, Nikki. Thank you so much, especially coming from you. Um, so, I mean, you've you've met so many people, you've talked to so many folks, tons of people know who you are and, and what you do in your story. But for those who maybe are new to you and fresh to your story, can you give a little bit of a background as to how you got involved in the cannabis space uh, to begin with? Sure. Um, I actually found the plant by accident. At the end of the day, uh, I didn't really know cannabis was really medicine. I worked in pediatric nursing and was a pediatric nurse for many years, as well as a casino dealer at the same time. Very cool. <laughs> crazy, kind of crazy little uh, double whammy there. But I was a pediatric nurse with a really strong pediatric background, and I was just doing my job like any other day, and I suffered a traumatic brain injury. A child didn't want a shot or an injection, immunization, and I was called in to assist. And the child basically threw his head back into my head. I bounced into a wall and back into his head. In less than a second, my life changed dramatically. I suffered from uh, anxiety, depression, chronic pain, uh, balance issues. There's so much that you don't understand about traumatic brain injury until it happens to you. Hmm. And it was it's really an invisible illness. People look at me and say, there's nothing wrong with her. And if you only knew what it took me to get to this point. And I really am an advocate for sharing your story, but being your own advocate. Because mm -hmm. as a nurse, I was sort of blindsided by the medical profession. I was a respected colleague, and then I became a patient. And when you go from flipping sides of medical provider to patient, it's a huge transition. And when you are suffering from an invisible illness, people are constantly questioning, like, is that really a thing? Like, mm. you know, you don't understand it because you're not going through it. And I can honestly say I didn't understand chronic pain. I didn't understand the multitude of issues that were because of traumatic brain injury. But at the end of the day, cannabis literally saved my life and how it saved my life no one would ever believe it, but I'm a real big serendipitous kind of human and everything that's happened to me in this journey thus far has happened for a reason. And I truly believe my injury happened for a reason. I believe it's allowed me to experience an empathy and a genuine caring of human beings that I bring that story and realness and rawness to a community that's not used to having someone be so transparent. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of grateful for my brain injury, believe it or not, because it introduced me to this plant and all the amazing people that are affiliated with it. And I mean, are there some seedy people in this industry? 100%, but aren't they in all? You know, I don't care mm -hmm. if you're in politics, I don't care if you're in healthcare, there's always going to be people that aren't your people. And I feel like my people are really in the cannabis industry. And I feel like I'm making a much bigger impact in changing hearts, minds, and lives by being in cannabis than I ever did as a nurse. That's incredible. And I actually want to, I want to kind of piggyback off of the, 
the nurse portion of your life. When you when you mentioned that you went from provider to patient, what aspects did you feel that being in the medical field, being a nurse, being somebody that cared for others, what advantages do you think that gave you when it came to advocating for yourself? I didn't think I ever needed to be an advocate because up until I got hurt, there was always a professional courtesy when you went to other providers, like you were still considered a nurse. When I became hurt, I now was the patient, like that whole nurse credibility that you had with other providers when you just would go to the doctor was almost gone, you know, and the goal was to prove that you're not injured and go back to work. No one wanted to go back to work more than this girl, Mike. I mean, if I just shared with you, I worked 72 hours a week. So it's not like I'm a lazy human. It's not like I don't want to do things and be that productive human I was. So it was really disheartening for providers that had always been your respected colleagues to begin to question, like, you can't still have a headache two months down the road, three months down the road, four months down the road. You can't still be having issues with your balance because the standard of care doesn't include that as a long-term effect. And, you know, I had to become my own advocate instead of just being blind and following the doctor's orders and being prescribed. I was at one point on 16 different pills for various symptoms that I was suffering from. And I just blindly took all those drugs just without even questioning. And at the end of the day, we need to question because that doctor, he spends seven minutes with you. And how do they begin to diagnose you with just exactly. the constraints that they're on? There's a major push for physicians to actually spend less time with you and meet a quota of turning over those patients, just sort of like a restaurant. I mean, instead of it being a medical provider that's really trying to get the root of your problems, it was mm-hmm. more of a just see her, get her, get the paperwork done, get the reimbursement from the insurance and get her back to work. And that was a big adjustment for me, like to actually question doctors and say, you know, I don't want another pill because I'm now nauseous from this pill. I don't want another pill to stop my shakes because this pill is making me shake. I want to find why I'm shaking. Like, let's mm-hmm. get to the root of the problem. And that's what I really found becoming the patient showed me like I really began to have a real empathy for other patients and I was impeded so I had their parents that I was Mm -hmm. dealing with so a lot of parents in pediatrics you know we would dismiss them because oh they're just new parents they don't have the hang of it but sometimes we were wrong you know and and like admitting that and being transparent to that We need to all talk about that kind of stuff, because if you're not your own advocate and you don't learn as much as you can about your condition and the alternative treatments that might be available to you, you're just going to become a victim of the pharmaceutical system in a lot of cases. Yeah, it's so sad that it really boils down to that at the end of the day, but you just, you have to, and on the, on the, I guess the positive side of, of all of that, we have resources like Google we have all these different places and it's a blessing and a curse, right? Because sometimes you can search for something and then all of a sudden you feel like you're going to die in 20 minutes because Google said so or WebMD said so. So you have to be cautious with that, of course, but 
it's really, really good to know that we do have access to different books, different resources, podcasts with different doctors um, and things like that. So it is good to see that there have been more resources put out there for, for patient advocacy and just general information and knowledge to kind of back up what questions we do have for physicians and different healthcare providers. Um, and that's one thing that I know you've done an incredible job of, which is being a resource for so many other patients and so many other people looking for answers. Um, so Nikki, in the, in the industry, in the community, what exactly, what exactly are you working on and what can kind of, what, what can people sort of expect from, from Nikki in the plant, so to say? You know, it's about being my real and authentic self. It's about empowering other people to overcome the challenges they have. And Cannabis has been a great tool in that recovery, but it's not a cure. It's not a cure all, you know, it's a tool. Um, you know, I had to change my diet. I had to change the way I perceive things instead of why is this happening to me? What is this trying to teach me? Why am I going through this and how can I help others get to the other side? I really believe that's my mission and that's what I try and help others find in themselves. And I try and teach them about the whole plant. Instead of worrying about THC and CBD, let's just talk about the whole plant and all of its chemicals and mm. and the whole composition so that we could talk about wellness and the entourage effect and how different people have different systems in their body. Okay. So we all have an endocannabinoid system. Imagine my shock as a healthcare provider, having never heard of this system in our body. Right. When I heard that in Canada, I'll never forget. I'm like, uh, yeah, whatever you're smoking, man, you better <laughs> keep smoking that because we don't have a system in our body. I mean, I would have learned yeah. about that in, med in nursing school. Like, you thought. I mean, homeostasis, balance. That's like a big, big deal. And cannabis allows our system to get into that balance and into that groove. And I didn't know that. I didn't understand mm -hmm. that. If you would have told me your kid was taking cannabis because he had epilepsy, I would have called Child Protective Services and you would have lost your kid because mm -hmm. I'm a mandated, mandatory reporter. So I didn't understand it as medicine. And many physicians, many nurses, many healthcare providers have absolutely no clue how powerful this plant can be in managing your day-to-day -day symptoms and managing the symptoms that I still suffer from today. You know, cannabis changed the entire outlook of my life and allowed me to actually live in the moment. Instead of worrying about yesterday and the things that I can't do anymore, instead of worrying about the future of, oh my God, how am I going to pay my bills? It allows me to soak in the moment and live in the moment and enjoy this conversation with you, Mike, and enjoy mm -hmm. talking to someone else without worrying about the phone, without worrying about social media and all the things that we all get caught up in. You know, cannabis allows me to live in the moment and quality of life is everything. And it's given me a quality of life that is undeniable. Yeah. And you, you bring up a great point, quality of life. And I was listening to, I forgot what podcast it was, but somebody was saying something where it was along the lines of how a lot of modern medicine today is designed to prolong life or extend life, but it's almost as if it's forgotten about quality of life. And yes. so I'm so happy to hear you say that where 
we need to focus on quality of life and quality of time, being more present to your point with all these different distractions. Um, it's something that I definitely, definitely hope that the the healthcare system improves on and makes leaps forward because I, I thankfully, I feel like the cannabis community and the the medical community that's accepted it and for what it is and for what it's able to do and what it's able to to bring to the table for patients, they're acknowledging it and they're having this more progressive look forward. Um, so hopefully, you know, plant by plant, we could just keep moving, moving that forward. Um, right. Nikki, I mean, I... four years, there's a big change in mindset. You know, I mean, yeah. I've been in this industry, like I got hurt in 2016, but I really found, I found the plant for the first time in 2017. Um, but it was very brief. I began to deep dive and really understand the plant in 2018. And even since 2018 to now, the knowledge is becoming more available and more accurate. You know, mm -hmm. for me, indica sativa means nothing. I'm all about the terpenes. I'm all about the medicinal effects and the synergistic effects of the various cannabinoids and terpenes working together. When we have isolated compounds, it's not the same effect. And trying mm -hmm. to isolate compounds and then trying to load them back and put it back together, it never seems to work the same as if you're just starting with the whole plant. For me personally, I smoke my medicine and that's a big no-no from a medical perspective of what mm -hmm. I have been taught, right? Like, but it's what works for me. And a lot of people judge that, even physicians. Like, I'll never forget, I came back to New York suffering after my traumatic brain injury. Mm -hmm. I had experienced cannabis for the first time in Las Vegas as medicine. And when that happened, I came back to New York and said, hey, maybe there's something to this. I said it to my doctors, you know, it really helped, you know, focus, take my focus off the pain. And they're like, you smoked it. You're just drug seeking. There's no medical benefits if you're smoking it. And wow. so I was made to feel like, oh my God, I just done something terrible. I mean, I was made to feel like I was back in the dare era. You know, I'm yeah. like, I got a prescription for it. I got a like medical doctor said it's okay for me to do this. Like, why are you poo-pooing it so much? And mm -hmm. that's a real thing. And a lot of people are terrified to talk to their physicians that they're using cannabis, but there are drug to drug interactions that like, one thing that just comes to mind right off the top of my head, if you have glaucoma, you should not be using high CBD products. You should be using high THC products with very little TH CBD. That's because there's a drug-drug interaction and it actually mm -hmm. increases your intraocular pressure. These are things I had no idea of as a nurse. And yet we have bud tenders just giving patients things based on without any medical history or talking mm. about the other things that could potentially go wrong. Like I said, cannabis is not a panacea and there are people that should not use cannabis, but at the same time, there's a lot of people that should and could benefit from using cannabis that aren't because they're afraid of it. And because of that stigma. So Nikki and the plant's purpose is to remove that stigma and normalize that conversation so that it's no longer a dirty word coming out mm -hmm. of the closet and actually talking about, you know, 
cannabis can really help you. You know, there's so many different methods of administration. It's, it's, you don't always have to smoke it, but for some people, that's what works best for them. And we need to recognize that and not necessarily criticize it. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree anymore. And Nikki, you brought up terpenes. Um, I want to go back in time to MJ BizCon. You shared um, a postcard with me. Yeah, I, I see you reaching for it right now. Can you, for people, for people listening, can you break this down? And I know we could talk about this for hours, but can you just break down what this resource is, uh, where it came from, why it's so important, and what it's been able to do in terms of educating people and steering them in the right direction of the right medicine for them? Sure. So one of the things I learned when I was in my journey of, you know, I would have blueberry kush from one manufacturer and then blueberry kush from another manufacturer, and the mm -hmm. effects were not the same. And I couldn't understand why. And so then as I started doing research, started talking to other people, they started sharing with me about terpenes and cannabinoids. And I'm like, what's that? You know, I mean, I thought I was like a rocket scholar when I figured out indica and sativa and now knowing that is not the way to really distinguish effects was hugely eye-opening so mm -hmm. what i um found was this company is called the amazing flower and they white labeled this wonderful education piece for me called um it's basically your pocket guide to cannabis and it's got all the cannabinoids the terpenes along with their boiling points one thing people don't understand is Terpenes are basically just essential oils and essential oils have medical benefits from the plant. So like if you think about um, pine and lime, okay, pine and lime are really good for um, energizing and cognitive function. And mm -hmm. these are things that you don't think about, but they're in the plant in different concentrations. And when you burn cannabis at a regular combustion, like if you're smoking a joint, you're burning that at 451 degrees Fahrenheit. So at the end of the day, anything that comes in contact with that combustion, you've burned off. So the medicinal properties of the plant in this guide, it actually shows you the boiling points and what, if you're combusting, what terpenes you're actually going to effectively benefit from mm -hmm. like so beta carefaline is one that can handle that kind of higher temperature and that's one of the terpenes you're getting when you burn a joint beta carefaline also is an antagonist to thc so if you've got a really high strain of thc for instance mm -hmm. the beta carefaline is almost going to balance that out similar to the way a cbd does but in a different way, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Um, each terpene has its own benefit, but when they work together, they actually form different chemical reactions or mm -hmm. the properties just changed from acidic form to regular form. And that's something that, you know, is a constant ongoing science and I'm constantly learning about it. And I'm actually not the expert that you should like die and live by my opinions, but these are things that I'm learning. And the more I learn, the more I teach others. Mm -hmm. So the boiling points are really important when you look at minor cannabinoids as well as terpenes, because if you're lighting a joint compared to low temp dabbing or low mm -hmm. temp vaporization, you will not have the same effects 
that you would if, if you're burning. So right. that's something really important. And also in this uh, guide is the bioavailability. So what that means is how fast will your system receive those benefits of medicine? If you're taking it under your tongue or sublingually or buccally uh, in your cheek, those effects will happen more rapid than if you eat a gummy that has to go through first pass digestion and mm -hmm. through your whole system. That's why a lot of people don't like edibles because all of a sudden it kind of sneaks up on them, that effect. And if they've never had edibles before, they're like, whoa, I don't know what's going on because they've never had that experience before. And then a lot of times people will over consume the edible because they don't feel anything after a half hour or an hour. So then they double up and then they're on like a little magic carpet ride that they're no going back at that point. On. Right, right. So Having CBD on hand for new users is something I always encourage. And I always encourage going low and going slow. Like, let's not start with the 50 milligram gummy. Let's like start with the five, you know? And just because buddy down the street can handle a hundred milligrams doesn't mean that's where you should start, you know? And that's a big misnomer and different people are going to react and respond differently, whether it's smoking, whether it's eating, whether it's a lozenge, whether it's a gummy. So we need to recognize that. Another thing I really love to do is stack my dosing, what that means or layer my dosing. So if I'm having neck pain, one of the great things to do is for immediate relief, I can smoke a joint, but then, mm -hmm. you know, I also have a topical on there. And then like I can do a gummy that I know I've used before and let's hypothetically say I'm using that gummy so it's a longer release. Think of like your um, extended release products like yeah. aspirin, right? Or Tylenol or whatever. You know, you have the extended release, which means it releases into the bloodstream slower. That's mm -hmm. kind of how you think about a gummy or a capsule. It's going to release much slower than smoking. Smoking goes instantly into your bloodstream. So these are all things we have to educate the public and the consumer on because they don't understand that. And when I've done some of my talks and things like that, I can't tell you how many people come up to me afterwards and say, oh my God, what you said makes so much sense because I've had to learn it in a different way. I've had to learn it from a patient perspective, not from mm -hmm. a science perspective. But now I'm using the science and what I've learned and my experience to be able to kind of share that and help others help each other. Yeah, I hats off to you for for being able to just take in all of that information and spit it out in these these just understandable, easy to understand bites um that and forgive me what is it what is it actually called that resource it's just called my 2023 pocket guide that the amazing flower created and white labeled it for me i'm putting this out there into the universe every single dispensary needs one of these yes, right at the do. counter yes whether somebody is a, a a new user a veteran whatever it may be i just have i think having that resource right there readily available to people who may not even realize that that could be beneficial to them. I just think that would make the world of a difference or even, you know, you put the receipt in the bag, throw one of those in there. You never know. Absolutely. Um, so one of the things I'm ultimately working on is launching my own brand of products. And this will be 
in every package. As inconvenient as that may sound, I'm just, whether I have to shrink it, whether I have to have a QR code or whatever, Mm -hmm. but I believe that you empower each other by learning the right terms, the right product to be able to apply it to the right situation. And it's a lot. It's a lot of science. It's a lot to understand. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I learn every single day, Mike. I mean, I do not have, I mean, I know a lot, but at the same time, I'm constantly learning more. Mm -hmm. And there's find a true expert in cannabis. Just because you've smoked cannabis all your life doesn't really make you an expert. You have to understand why it's working and how it's working. And the way I really found that out was by journaling the experience and having access to back-end certificates of analysis or test Mm -hmm. reports that are on the product you're actually consuming. Not from like Leafly or Weed Maps, no negative towards them, but that's just a generic profile. That's not necessarily what is in your container that you're consuming. So teaching people that a strain name is just that. It's a strain name. Blue Dream from X company in New York and Blue Dream from X company in Canada versus Blue Dream X company in California, depending on how it's grown in the soil, depending on what lighting systems are used, indoor, outdoor, all of this has a direct impact on the amount of terpenes, on the amount of cannabinoids that you're actually consuming. And Mm -hmm. People, again, they just try and take that strain name to the bank and say, Blue Dream works for me. Well, it might. (laughs) Like, it might have worked that one time from that one producer, from that one human, Mm -hmm. but Blue Dream might not always work for you because it's going to be a different chemical composition the majority of the time. And while we standardize operating procedures and while we try and get a consistent product. That's like my big thing. I'm a medical patient. I'm not using this product to get quote high. I'm using Mm -hmm. it to get well. And so at the end of the day, I want to know the blue dream I got last week is going to be the same as the blue dream I get next week. Do you know what I mean? And it's really important that people understand the differences with and how to read a certificate of analysis. I mean, some of those are like, there's no standardization of testing state to state my condition doesn't know if it's in north carolina or it doesn't know if it's in new york or it doesn't know if it's in nevada mm-hmm. my condition doesn't understand straight state lines and so having access to medicine across all different states is so important but yet i can go to jail if i'm smoking a joint out in the middle of North Carolina, potentially, if I have some cop that's like really anti-cannabis or smells it or whatever, but like, it's my medicine. Like, Mm -hmm. what am I supposed to do? And, you know, what's cool is, you know, the airline industry has no longer placed a huge value on cannabis. So, I mean, I fly with a small amount of cannabis pretty often. Like, I mean, I'm not encouraging anyone to do anything illegal and things like that, but I haven't had a problem, you know, and that's cool because I'm not trying to be a drug distributor. I'm literally just trying to have my medicine. It's no different than my Xanax. It's no different than an antidepressant. It's my medicine. And that's the kind of conversations that 
like I'm really reaching out to schools and reaching out to police departments and law enforcement because I really believe that they need the most basic of education because they've been indoctrinated into this war on drugs thinking and the Nancy Reagan era. I mean, I was a D.A.R.E. graduate. And the first time I, you know, tried cannabis as medicine, I just heard Nancy Reagan in the background. Your brain on drugs, you know. You see a little <laughs> egg frying on the pan. The egg frying in the pan, you know. And and I'm like, I got a brain injury. Are you crazy? Are you really going to just smoke weed? Like, <laughs> fry your brain more? Like, how much more can you fry it? But at the end of the day, I've learned, you know, it, it was all based on money, greed, racism and lies like mega mega lies and I'm really trying to dispel that belief and you know that was what was cool about when I was asked to be a contributing author to the courage in cannabis because Mm -hmm. Dr. Bridget heard my story um I had read the first anthology and I was like wow this is really cool you know this we need more of this and so Mm -hmm. when I heard that they were releasing a second edition I had reached out to her and said hey maybe we want to do my story and she was super excited to have me in the book and you know there's some amazing stories in that book and I'm just so thankful and feel so blessed that I was considered and that I'm part of it because I really think the more people that read it and learn about it and can feel empowered by it, mm-hmm. we're going to change the world one person at a time. Yeah. And, and speaking of courage and cannabis, Nikki, from, I'm super curious from your perspective, what do you think a lot of folks are going to get, not just from your chapter and your story, but a lot of other, all, all the other stories that are in the book, what, what value do these stories have for new and experienced users in the in the cannabis space already? People relate to different experiences based on what's going on in their life. Hmm. So while somebody might not have a traumatic brain injury as they read it, but when they hear the symptoms that I've been suffering with, or they read someone else's chapter of someone that might have MS or someone hmm. that might have other issues or severe anxiety, and they hear how the plant has helped them, it helps remove the stigma. It helps normalize regular people. I mean, one of the cool things is we have Mike Tyson as a contributing author in The Courage in Cannabis. Like, he's a pretty big name. He's a pretty big wild dude. And at the end of the day, his story might have more splash because he's such a well-known celebrity. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people might not be able to relate to Mike Tyson because right. they're not professional boxers. They don't understand that whole mentality. But they might be able to relate to my story because it's blunt, it's everyday life, it talks about being a real person. And I believe that all the Courage and Cannabis authors are like that. You know, they all have some realness to them that different people will be able to relate to. And so that's what I think people will get and be able to take away from it, that cannabis is not a dirty word and cannabis can be really health and beneficial to them in their condition, whatever that might be. That's awesome. And I'm so glad that you and Dr. Bridget connected and and that's what this turned into. Um, she's amazing on so many different levels with the, with all the incredible things that she's doing as well. So I'm just super grateful that you two connected and, and you know, ended up turning 
courage in cannabis into what it is, especially for the second round of the anthology. I think it's going to be a really, really good one. Um, Nikki, any last words for the listeners regarding courage in cannabis, what they should keep an eye out for, for the future of Nikki and the plant? Any last thoughts that you want to share? You know, Mike, I'm just trying to get the word out and share the good news of the plant. And so probably the biggest takeaway I want everyone to learn is there's not one answer that is your end game, that Mm -hmm. you need to be your own advocate and you need to find what works for you without fear of judgment, without being a apologetic you know quit saying i'm sorry for feeling like shit instead take that in your own hands and try and feel better you know and i hope this book can empower people to do that i hope people by listening to my story it makes them feel more brave and being Mm -hmm. able to come out of the closet because i'm so outspoken now you'll never put me back in that closet i mean literally um and i'll go head to head and discuss why I believe cannabis is medicine and why it has transformed my life. And I hope that other people can take that and use it to their advantage as well. And at the end of the day, if anyone wants to follow my journey, I'm literally on every social media platform as either Nikki Lolly or Nikki and the plant spelled out. Uh, my website is Nikki and And if you're interested in the amazing and having that customized for you, you can actually, on my website, on the resource page, you can actually have that customized for your dispensary or even just um, reproduced with my information on it, however you are interested in uh, having that education. Awesome. Nikki, thank you so much. I'm going to make sure to drop links to all the resources that you that you referenced below. Um, seriously, thank you so much. I can't appreciate what you're doing for the for the plan, for the community, and for the patients more. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. And I'm excited to keep this conversation rolling. Can't wait, Mike. Thanks again for having me. Awesome. All right, well, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Major Journey Podcast. We will catch you all next time. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Cannabis Health Radio is a podcast about stories from people around the world who have used cannabis to deal with serious ailments, many of them life-threatening. My name is Ian Jessup. My co-host, Corey Yelland, is no stranger to the devastating emotional impact faced by so many people receiving a death sentence diagnosis from a doctor. Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, she would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer, such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said, your podcast gave me the confidence to save my own life. We regularly get messages from listeners who have heard our podcast and use cannabis to solve a serious health issue of their own or that of a loved one. We hope you listen to these stories and be as inspired and moved as we are with each and every episode.